0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. And so uh, I was going to read all 13, but I thought that might push you guys a little bit. So we're going to look at the first six verses of the the letter that John writes um, And, and he begins this way. He says, the elder, that's his introduction, to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And not only, not I only, but also who all who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's son will be with us in truth and love. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. You've just heard this week's focus scripture. Now on to the sermon, starting momentarily. You you made a mistake. You said one. Not one. Okay. That would still be one, though, right, Kenny? Just ignore him. So <laughs> you do, Veronica. <laughs> Makes it work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh well happy mother's day i i there are a couple of things that that I want to mention before I start. Uh, first of all, the flowers up front are in memory of Dolores Bunting. Uh, that would be Jeanette Otney's mom. She lived 93 years. Wow! I mean, I, it's like how do you how do you do that? Um, but uh, praise God for that and uh, an opportunity to share her all those years. Also, um, don't forget when you leave to make sure you sign the dedication card. Okay, you were here as part of the dedication, so if you would sign that on the way out, and there'll be a deacon there uh, making sure to get your attention, so you don't forget so this morning, of course, we talk about mothers, and there are many different types of mothers, correct uh, There are foster mothers who who bring kids into their house uh, for, on a temporary basis. This has to be really hard i I can't imagine this, but they treat them like their kids, they love them uh, and tell uh, either their parents are able to take them back or they get adopted out or whatever that's got to be hard doesn't it to pour your life into a kid and then to have the kid go away again and that's so difficult there's adoptive parents uh parents who take kids into their lives and and adopt them and and uh, just celebrate them as their children there are single moms now, there's a difficult one. Single moms are the mighty moms. I mean, they're the ones that have to put up with all kinds of stuff and try to cover all the bases. And and God bless the single moms. And then there are natural moms, and and then there are spiritual moms. And this morning uh, we celebrate all kinds of moms. Uh if you're a mom whether you're a spiritual mom, a natural mom, adopted mom, a foster mom, we, we don't care. We're just excited that you're here this morning and we want to celebrate uh what you bring uh to the people of God and to the family of God. Now, uh, as we talk this morning, uh we realize that moms teach children how to walk, right? Uh, moms teach children how to walk, and uh, it's interesting to watch how you teach a child to walk, right? Because you, you usually put the child between your legs, you hold their arms, their arms up, they're all excited. They're usually on tiptoes, which really amazes me. And, and, and you walk around with them, and you show them how, right? Uh, and they're watching you, and they're, they're all excited, and they're up walking, and, and that's just an exciting time in a parent's life in a mother's life. Mothers teach their children how to walk. Um, and, and so this morning in our passage, you may be saying, well, what's this have to do with Second John? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but Second John is written to the chosen lady. And she is a mother. Did you notice that? Because John has recognized some of her children. Now the question comes to mind, who is this chosen lady? I mean, who is this special lady that John says he loves in truth? I mean, is there something going on here, John? What? What? Who is this lady? But I think if we look at the whole letter, we begin to realize that John is talking in a figurative sense about the church. This lady, this chosen lady, is actually a church, a specific church that he is writing to. Now let me tell you how I get there, okay. I didn't just make this up. All right, I, I get there from Scripture itself. You may remember that in in John's Revelation, when he wrote the Revelation of Jesus Christ, he tells the story of how the dragon is enraged at the woman, okay, and and he went to war, off to wage war against the rest of her offspring now if you read the whole story you find out that that even the earth protects the woman and the woman is protected and she has offspring the question is who is this woman and how all does this fit if you look at the story of the revelation which is a a a true story filled with all kinds of symbolism you begin to realize that this woman here represents the church and her offspring are The people of God. That includes those of you who have decided to follow Jesus Christ. Another example of that would be like in Ephesians. Uh, In Ephesians, you may remember when Paul starts talking about a husband and wife, he gets kind of sidetracked and he begins to talk about uh, the relationship between God or Jesus and his church and he calls the church as it were his bride and he says he tells husbands to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by washing with water through the Word, and to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Just as a husband should love his wife, so Christ loved the church, His bride. So the church is the bride of Christ. So frequently a church is talked about in ways uh, in a feminine form. The church is the bride. The church is the feminine form. So when we get to the the letter of second john uh we we find that john is writing to the chosen lady and her offspring he's talking about a church and at the end of second john by the way we didn't read this but he refers to her sister her chosen sister and her children uh, referring to a sister church so john here and by the way all who love the truth love the church All who love the truth love the church. We live in a world where the church is seen in negative terms, and people look at the church as as uh as uh anti everything. Uh we, we see the church as being this um bad entity, and, and a lot of our young people are like, I don't want to be a part of the church. I mean, I don't want to be part of some organization, but the church is not an organization, the church is a mother who is bringing forth children, and bringing forth powerful children. Children who know the truth. Children who love. Children who walk in a way that the mother has taught them how to walk. So I want you to think this morning about walking as the mother would walk. And this little guy is trying to walk the best he can. And he's having a great time at it. And too often, when the children of of the church walk, they walk with scowls on their face. Time to change that, folks. God is an awesome God. He's doing incredible things. And He enjoys having fun, by the way. Uh, Jesus came on this earth, and He taught us how to love one another. And in loving one another, He enjoyed life. If you're not enjoying life, then you need to stop and say to yourself, what am I doing in my life that is keeping me from the joy that God has for me? And perhaps you're not walking. Perhaps you're not walking in such a way as the mother should be teaching you. And maybe we're not teaching you correctly, so this morning we want to correct some of those things and make sure we teach you the best way to walk. So we we're talking this morning about a mother's walk and and the first thing I want you to see is that a mother's walk walks in truth. It's a truth walk and it's amazing. The the word for truth in here, if you notice in in 2nd John, he says, um I've seen your children walking in the truth. The word for truth is aletheia. And aletheia is really made up of two words or a um a um, yeah. Uh uh what do you call that thing that goes before words? Um, prefix. A prefix in a word. How's that? I'm doing great this morning. Hey, if you haven't been laughing yet, you won't be long. <laughs> uh, the word is aletheia. Ah, meaning not. You know the word atheist? You know that word atheist? Not God. Theos being God. I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. Not God. This is aletheia, which means truth. Not not, ah, is not. Latheia means hidden. Not hidden. It's it's revealed. The truth is revealed. In other words, I like to put it this way. when When you walk in the truth, you walk in transparency. Or better yet, you walk an authentic walk. You walk an authentic walk. In other words, when you walk in the truth, you walk as yourself. You want to be yourself. You don't want to be some uh, some fake part of yourself. You want to be yourself. Now, I want to be very clear about something here because some people think if they walk as themselves, what they do is they walk in their their ugliness and they say, well, you just have to put up with me because that's who I am. Well, I hate to tell you, that's not who you are. When God created you, the Scripture is very clear, when God created you, He looked at you and He said, that's good! He didn't say, oh, that's that's all right, but I could do better. He looked at you and He said, that's good. And that's important for you to understand because you see, He loves you unconditionally. And He created you to be all that you can be. All this ugliness, all this brokenness, all this hurt has come upon you as you have walked this earth. And Jesus would want to take all that ugliness away and replace it with His love because he loves you when you walk in the truth you walk as one who is incredibly and unconditionally loved would that change the way you walk think about a child who recognizes they are unconditionally loved no matter what that child can try anything and they do and it's great and they experience things and they they learn new things and why is that because they know that they are un conditionally loved there's a new song out by chris tomlin i don't know how new but it's fairly it's new to me anyway it, it's called good good father and and the chorus is uh, you're a good good father you are you are you are and then it says and i am loved that's who i am that's who i am That's who I am. I want you to know that that's who you are. You aren't this person who has gotten caught up in all the problems and all the trials and all the struggles. You are unconditionally loved by God. That's who He created you to be. And if you begin there, if you begin to walk in that truth, then your life begins to be transformed by his incredible love. Because even if you make a mistake, he comes and he says, That's okay. I love you. He picks you up. When a a parent, when a mother sees a child do something or fall on their face, the child doesn't say, Oh, well, tough to be you, isn't it? Uh, So the child is crying, the mother says, Cry all you want. The child is screaming. Nose bloody, eyes full of tears. And the mother says, so what? No. The mother picks the child up and says, listen, you're going to be okay. Holds that child in her arms. Whispers into her child's ear, it's okay. I love you. I love you. I love you. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what the church should be about, by the way. Picking people up who have fallen. People picking up, yeah, that's easy for me to say. Picking people up who are, who are lost and afraid. Being the truth to people, sharing with them the love of Jesus, which... Which then takes this mask off from in front of our faces and says, listen, God loves you for who he created you to be and you can be all that you are called to be because he loves you. If we would begin there, then our lives would be different. Our walk, if that was our first step, you see, then our lives would be different. In the book of Romans, we find out what the problem is. We have exchanged the truth about God for a lie. We've worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. You see, if we recognize God's love, then we can't help but love Him. And if we love Him, then our lives are different. We walk in the truth. John saw these children walking in the truth, and he said, Praise God. Look at that. They know they're loved. So we walk in the truth, but we don't just walk in the truth. We also walk in obedience. Now, some people think obedience is all about, uh, fear of punishment. If you can scare them into it, they'll have to do it. Well, that works for a while, but I've seen a lot of moms try that method, especially with little boys. And then all of a sudden, the little boy gets to be something like six foot three and 250 pounds. And all of a sudden, there's, really no fear there anymore is there you see fear only works for a certain extent you see uh, punishment fear of punishment can get somebody to do something for a while but it won't always work and then some people think uh obedience is all about uh, uh uh rewards the reward system, you know, if, if you do it right, I'll give you this. And I've seen parents do this. God bless them. I've seen mothers try this. Well, if you do, if, if you do this, then I'll do this. Now that's good. There's nothing wrong with that except that if you continually do that, what happens? Well, if you don't have a reward, they don't do what you ask them to do. Or maybe the reward has to get bigger every time. Did you notice that? For them to keep doing it. If you really want obedience, if you really want to walk in obedience, then you have to love the One who is giving you the commands. And if you truly love them, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? You see, when you love someone, then you want to do... Uh, we we miss that somewhere. We think if we love someone, then, then uh, we will do what they want sometimes. But if you really love someone, don't you really want to do what they want? Uh Tony Campolo always said that the only... Argument a Christian couple should ever have is no let's do it your way <laughs> sounds like your marriage doesn't it yeah. <laughs> no let's do it your way uh, uh yeah, why are you guys laughing about that that <laughs> um, uh, but the truth of the matter is we have this skewed idea about what love is. if we walk in the truth, then we know that we are loved, and if we know we are loved, then when we run into those who we love, we are willing to do whatever they ask. Whatever they ask. It doesn't matter. Whatever they ask. Why? Because we're love. We're love. Jeremiah reflected on the Old Testament law. And you may remember the Old Testament law in Deuteronomy uh, told us to write the laws on our foreheads and on our uh, on our sleeves and uh, put them on the doorposts so, so that we would always be reminded of the law, so that we would know the law. And, and the Old Testament talks a lot about following the law. And, and the people of God misunderstood what that was all about. They thought if they followed the rules, then everything would be great. And Jeremiah comes to them and he says, wait, 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 wait. You see, God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to give you a new covenant. And and that new covenant is one where He will write His rules, His law, in your mind. And in your heart. You see, it's no longer a set of rules. It's a relationship with God Himself where you have this relationship with God. And so no no matter what's going on in your life, you're saying, okay, God, what do you want next? And when God reveals something, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Now be careful, because sometimes He reveals some difficult things. You say, well, God, I, I don't know. And then you hear Him say like He did to Peter. You remember what He said to Peter? Peter, do you love me? You remember that? Why did He say, Peter, do you love me first? Why didn't he say, Peter, this is what I want you to do for the rest of your life. I want you to feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. But instead, he comes to Peter after resurrecting from the dead. And his first question to Peter is this, Peter, do you love me? Because if you're going to walk in obedience, you have to love God. It starts out by walking in truth, knowing that God loves you. It then moves to the next step, which is a step of obedience, believing that you love God and you'll do whatever he asks. You with me? Okay, and real quickly, um, if we walk in the truth and we walk in obedience, the, the last step that you have to take to truly walk on your own, to truly walk that mother's walk, that last step is the love walk, isn't it? Now we have a, a funny idea of how to walk in love. Um, because what love is really all about is sacrifice, isn't it? A mother loves her child. And she actually gives her life, pours her life into her child. That's what mothers do. Mothers pour their lives into their child. They they sacrifice. They're willing to give up anything for their child. They want to give their child life And the best life their child can have. And they may not always do it right. They may not always say it right. But their heart is. They want to sacrifice. They want to give all so that their child can be all that they can be. And mothers, if you're struggling right now, just keep your heart in the right spot. It's okay. Kids will do what they want to do. Some turn out good. Some turn out bad. By the way, did you notice that when John writes, he has seen some of the woman's children? Not all of them. Walking in the truth, in obedience, and in love. Did you notice that? So parents, I'd love to say that, you know, your children are going to turn out perfect like mine. Um, but, uh, you, you and I both know that children will make their own choices, won't they? Will that change the way you love them? No. Because a mother loves her children and pours her life, into them. Actually, that's what love really is, isn't it? It's being willing to sacrifice, to give. We talk a lot about uh, what love is here at Greenfield uh, because we really want to love each other. And it's hard sometimes to love each other, isn't it? It's hard not just to love each other, but it's hard to love those who are around us. And we've come to believe that God has called us to love our neighbors. And we get that from the story of the Good Samaritan. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? And one of the most incredible things about the Good Samaritan is when he saw that guy on the side of the road that was beaten up and, and bleeding and hurting, he stopped. And he didn't just stop and, and bind up the guy's wounds and say, Hey, good luck. Instead, he picks the guy up, he puts him on his donkey, and he interrupts his life. He makes a sacrifice by interrupting his life and taking this guy to the inn, the hospital. And they get to the hospital, and he doesn't stop there. This guy is nuts. He says to the innkeeper, he says, I want you to take care of my friend here, my neighbor. He says, And he says, I'll tell you what, here's some money. This guy is nuts. Here's some money, and I'm going to come back, and if, if he owes you anything when I get back, I'll pay for it. We go through the story way too quickly, don't we? Because the truth of the matter is, the Samaritan loves his neighbor because he's willing to sacrifice for his neighbor. A guy he didn't even know. You see, when Jesus calls us to walk the walk of love, He calls us to be self-giving, to sacrifice, be willing to sacrifice our lives for others, even our neighbors. And Jesus goes a step further, and He calls you to love your enemies, to be willing to sacrifice even for those who would who would hurt you. That's what love really is, isn't it? Jesus showed us that, right? Because he showed us the full extent of his love by what? By giving his life. By sacrificing his life. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be loved. So that we could experience the the love of God. We'd been separated with him by all that ugliness that had come into our lives. We call it sin. We call it brokenness. We call it all those things we have done and said and thought that go against the will of God. And we've separated ourselves from God. And God, because of His great love, has pursued us. He wants us to walk in the truth, all that He made us to be. And He wants us to know the fullness of life. He wants us to walk in that love. And He proved it by dying on the cross to take away that separation. You see, there's only one way for that separation to be removed. That's if somebody dies. It's either you or someone who's willing to die in your place. And Jesus said, I'm willing to die for you. So that you can have that relationship with God. So that you can experience that love in its fullness. So that you can experience a love full, a life full of love. So you can walk in the truth. So that you can walk in obedience. So that you can walk in love. He was willing to sacrifice himself for you. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus said this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Think about that. That's how people will know we're followers of Jesus. We act like he did. So here's my question to you this morning. Are you willing to, first of all, walk in the truth and accept the love of God, the unconditional love of God in your life? Second of all, are you willing to walk in obedience so that you could experience what it's like to have the fullness of love in this world and in this life? Are you willing to walk in love? Are you willing to sacrifice for somebody else? i got to brag about this church's children a little bit. last few weeks have been difficult, as you know. And I've watched our kids of all ages gather together go to some expense at times, set aside their lives, set aside their priorities, set aside what they were doing at the moment, and they stopped. They were willing to love each other. And as John said, I found some of our children walking in the truth. Walking in obedience to God's call. Walking in love. To me, that's exciting. This week, how would John find you, children of Greenfield Baptist Church? You're a child, whether you're... Did you ever notice that? You're your mom's child no matter how old you are. Right? You can be 85, and if your mom's still living... You're still a kid. You walk into the house. Are you an adult or a kid? Well, the lines get fuzzy, don't they? You see, we are all children, children of God, children of his bride. How does the world see us? Let's bow forward. Here. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray for those who came this morning, um, who are listening and hearing Your Spirit call them. Lord, they may have come in feeling unloved or feeling like the love they've always experienced, always had strings attached. And Lord, we repent right now because there are times when we have only been open to share with them love if certain parameters were in place. So we pray, Father, that they would forgive us we pray that they would begin to open their hearts to Your love, that unconditional love. Lord Jesus, teach us to walk in the truth in who You have called us to be from day one. Wash away all the ugliness, the hurt, the brokenness. Make us more like You. Lord Jesus, help us to take the step of obedience that we might experience Your love as we follow You as we watch You heal those around us, as You work in and, and through us, as You give us a direction and a, a place to follow. Lord, uh, come, help us to hear Your voice, to truly love You as You love us. And in so doing, find, find that healing and grace for not just ourselves, but for others. Lord Jesus, help us to be willing to sacrifice to interrupt our lives, to show others Your great love. We pray for our neighbors, Lord. They need You so desperately. Lord, we we just pray that You would touch them and and use us to show Your love to them. This morning, Lord Jesus, we thank You for our mothers who were willing to teach us how to walk. We thank You for this congregation of faith who is doing all they can to try to teach us how to walk. We pray this morning, Lord, that we would take those steps. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.